Hi, this is Violet Lang. Welcome to my podcast, The Pleasure Path, all about love, dating, relationships, and femininity. I help successful spiritual women find their pleasure and their power to create healthy partnership. Want to create a passionate, powerful partnership? Feel like your relationship is okay, but you want it to be extraordinary? Learn the five elements to relationship success in this insightful episode with my husband, Jason Lang. So we're going to share some, some ideas and tools and stuff tonight. And a lot of it can happen whether you're virtual or whether you're uh, in the same house and quarantining together. So uh, Jason, do you want to introduce yourself? Since we're on my, since we're on my personal page, do you want to share more about what you do? Uh, I do a lot of things, but I coach men and I run men's groups and help men with dating and relationships. And as of now, we work with couples. Yes. Hi, Jennifer. She says Sarasota, Florida, not in partnership. Yep. Sorry, what were you going to say? Yeah. So we're excited to uh, bring the work we've been doing independently together um for couples yes uh jason jason and i have um have been wanting to do some cool stuff for couples what we were thinking of doing it this summer and then when all of this started happening we're like let's just start connecting now like this is a great time for people to get ideas and resources for thriving during this time and I'll quickly introduce myself. Jason introduced himself. Most people on here know me, but I work with women to help them find great relationships and to feel really empowered when it comes to dating and to connect more to their bodies and to their feminine energy. And Jane says, in partnership, we just moved in together. Amazing. Betsy says, not living together, but we see each other most days. Yeah. Nice. So we are in a wild time where... People who are partners may not be seeing each other because of healthcare things going on. People who are just starting to date might be dating virtually and not know when they're going to meet in person. And we thought it would be a great time to connect with what does it take to have a thriving partnership as a couple, whether you're doing this thing virtually or whether you're living together. How do you make sure that everything stays passionate and purposeful at the same time, not just building an emotional connection for a few weeks only to have it, you know, fizzle out? And also how to make sure that there's a lot of power behind it because everyone in the world is, is needing, you know, leadership, leadership relationally, leadership with getting through this challenging time. Um, and we're just getting started on what we call the five elements of a passionate, powerful partnership. So let's dive in. <laughs> the first one is authentic communication. And that means owning your experience and not projecting onto your partner. Especially if you're living together, you're probably spending more time with your partner than you ever have before. And maybe you dreamed of spending every minute with your partner, but now that that dream has become a reality, you're like, whoa, this is a lot of time with this person. I've never spent so much time with this person in my life. And it's easy to get triggered and easy to think like, you didn't do this or you did that. But the first hallmark or element of a powerful, passionate partnership is to own our experience and to get really vulnerable and really real with our communication. So it's not always easy to breathe through the emotions that come up and the triggers that come up, but that's the only way to ensure that we're being clean, like clean in our communication and that we are keeping the relationship on solid footing. There's some, some quote about like, 
you know, it takes a long time to build a really solid relationship, like the same amount of time it would take to build a forest, but it can go down in seconds with a match, with a flame. And I have a really hot temper. I have the more hot temper in this partnership. Jason always says, don't throw the grenade. Like, just don't throw the grenade because I used to project and I still do sometimes all the time. Um, Tara says, Tara and Steve here in Camden, New Jersey. Yes, we're quarantining together at my house. Awesome. Thank you. Hi, Lindsay. Welcome. Oh, that's so fun. <laughs> Lindsay was my college roommate and her hus hubby Brad, I think his birthday is today or was yesterday. Um, hi, Lisa. Welcome. Liz hi. says, married 20 years with adult children, Vancouver, Washington. So we've just been talking about how to have a powerful, passionate partnership, even in these crazy times. And the first element was authentic communication, owning our experience, not projecting projecting onto our partner and taking a risk and being vulnerable. You know, I always tell the women I work with to simply say, I feel I want, like, I feel like I'm going crazy and I want to go out, but I can't. So I really need to do something because I'm feeling all this energy, just connecting back to the feelings and connecting back to the desires. It, authentic communication is also uh, just, it, it's where we get on the same page. So, you know, a lot of where relationships can break down is we make a lot of assumptions about our partners and what they're wanting or needing or feeling. And authentic commu communication is a big part of, okay, how do we create a shared reality for what's happening, what we're experiencing, what's, what's actually going on in this relationship? What, um, and what are the tools we do that without um, pushing each other away? But actually, you know, authentic communication is also one of the areas where when, when done right, conflict can become a source of connection. Mm, I love that. Conflict can become a source of connection. And Jason said something about shared reality. It is so easy to form our own reality right now, even if we're living in the same roof with someone, because we're watching the news or we're hearing this story or we're reading this blog or we're talking to a friend and one person might be in a state of feeling really good and resourced and another person might be freaking out that the world is is ending and, and being able to create this shared reality so that you're a team as a couple is so important. And it also keeps, um, keeps things interesting. So some of the tools and techniques, you know, we've trained in and, and help facilitate, um, make it possible. So whether you've known someone five minutes or 50 years, like how do you keep the conversation interesting and juicy and vital and enlivening? All part of authentic communication. Yes. And staying curious, staying curious about the other person's experience instead of assuming, oh, you always react this way, or this is what I think this person is going to say or, or believe. Uh, understanding that our partner changes and grows all the time, just like we do too, and giving them grace and space to express themselves in new, in new ways. And you may be seeing parts of your partner that you never expected to see because we're in such an unprecedented time. So the second thing, once we have that authentic communication and authentic relating is polarity. So authentic relating and communicating is great to have respect in the relationship. But if you have respect, but no chemistry or passion or, or like this charge and magnetism, then you can start feeling like you're living with your roommate. And even if you're expressing things in a very like clean and nice way, it'll get boring really quickly. Yeah. Authentic communication, our first one is also, you know, it's how we create intimacy or closeness or sameness. And polarity, our, our second element, is actually practicing the art of difference. Mm -hmm. So how do we make ourselves different in relationship? Even though we're in this relationship together, how do we express our differences in that? Um, 
on the individual level and then the energetic level, which is what helps keep chemistry and passion alive, particularly over the long term. So polarity is one that becomes um, really, really, really important after that kind of initial year, year and a half phase that a lot of relationships go through where at first we have all the hormones just kind of doing a lot of the heavy lifting for us. And then as we become closer and our relationship deepens and safety is created, sometimes that can start to fizzle out. It doesn't just happen automatically. So polarity is the, is the art and practice of, of keeping things sexy, keeping things alive. And the practices um, for how we do that are a little different. You know, whether you're a man or a woman, it's about exploring these energies of masculine and feminine and how that shows up. And that any couple, regardless of um, sexual orientation, can practice this energy, this idea of how do we just be a little bit different to create some of that charge, some of the electricity and some of that attraction. And that requires taking space. Like someone had commented, breaks are necessary. I think it was Betsy. And absolutely. Like if we can't take our independent time from our partner, then we're going to be creating a codependent relationship. So we have to have that independence and that dependence. It's like an infinity sign. The loops are where you take the time for yourself. Maybe you have a women's group or your guy has a men's group, even just virtually, or one of you goes for a walk. It's those spaces and breaks where you can connect with other people in your tribe and also so connect back to yourself without being around your partner. So you have something to bring to the relationship versus just expecting the other person to feed you and nourish you with their energy. You have energy that you can bring back and the masculine uh, partners, the person who's in their masculine energy at that time has structure and plans and, and action to bring back too. And a lot of people are just so tired at the end of the day, especially if you're homeschooling your kids or working from home and, and under deadlines where we're too tired to think of structures like plans or date nights or activities to do, or even structures to our conversation or conversations just devolve into, you know, whatever was on the news or whatever we saw on Facebook. So it's cool to practice the polarity because it gives you insight for structures you can bring and also energy you can bring. You know, traditionally, masculine energy is about structure and feminine energy is about energy, like life force, vitality, emotions, play, sexiness, desire, all of that. But what we find is a lot of couples, ourselves included sometimes, uh, it's like this David White quote. He's a poet that we love. And he says, you know, the, the lowest form of relationship is when you become a logistical team of two. And it's so easy to just focus on the logistics, like how many rolls of toilet paper do we have and who needs to go get groceries? And, you know, who's taking care of the dog today? Did he get a walk or did she get a walk? Um, the polarity keeps things really fun without it just being about the 3D mundane details. And a lot of it too is based on embodiment. If we're not connected to our bodies and we're just in our, our minds, we're going to succumb most likely to like this group think with our partner, which is good, but it doesn't, it's not a bad thing to be on the same page as our partner, but everything starts to get really monotonous. Absolutely. Uh, so yeah, polarity, polarities, a lot of it is about the energetics, like we've been talking about of these, of these different, <laughs> she went in to say hi, different, um, <laughs> facets. And so our third pillar is one of the expressions of that, which is just good, healthy sex. So how do we keep our sex life vital, interesting, and nourishing for both partners? Now, the great thing about knowing about authentic communication and polarity is 
those two can come together in the bedroom, so to speak. And we get to practice that in our sexual relationship, which, like everything else in relationship, can be very easy to just fall into habit in routine and comfort and not necessarily something that's engaging or enlivening or exciting, you know, particularly after years or decades of being together. Or just stop happening, you know. A lot of people just stop having sex after they have kids or get married. Yeah, it can become one of those easy things to not make time for. Um, But it's an incredibly important part for our nervous systems, for our hormones, for our chemicals of staying unified as a couple as a unit that feels connected and feels excited to see each other over over time, over the years. And if, even if you're not um, in a sexual relationship right now or you're doing things just virtually because you're not together for COVID, um, touch or any sort of connection, eye gazing, deep connection can increase oxytocin, which helps our immune system. And especially if you are living together or if you're seeing each other from time to time because you're um, following the quarantine and, and connecting with each other under that, that guidance. Um, yeah, a long hug or a massage, or a way that you can exchange energy with your partner. It's like we have the basis of authentic communication. We go off and we're able to do our own thing to harness our masculine and feminine energy. And then we come back and it's like fireworks, but we don't always know how to uh, express those fireworks or how to, how to make it happen in a way that really nourishes both people. Absolutely. And so those are our first three of five elements of a passionate purposeful and powerful partnership. And our fourth one is, um, it's about knowing your relationship's purpose, like the why. So one of the things that, you know, we, I work with men, she works with women. We've worked with couples that we'll often notice is it's very easy to get into a relationship just because that's what you're supposed to do, right? You're supposed to date, you're supposed to get into a relationship. Um, And it's pretty rare to actually slow down and feel into, like, why? Why are we partnering? What is it we're creating together? Um, What is it we can make that's more than the sum of the parts? Meaning it's not just about you, it's not just about me, but there's this kind of third entity, the relationship itself, that exists and it has its own wants and desires and purpose and expression in the world. And honing that in and understanding that can be an incredibly important compass and guide for a relationship and for a couple to know, hey, here's where we're going and here's how we know when we're on track. It's kind of like a three-legged stool. If it's just you and your partner and there's nothing else to the relationship that's fueling the relationship, it's going to wo- it's going to wobble, you know, it's going to have a hard time standing up. And for a lot of couples that third leg of the stool is children. You know, they're creating children, creating a family, and that has so many blessings to it. But when that's the only thing that's the purpose of the relationship or the only thing that's the, you know, topic of conversation, then it starts to fall a little bit flat and go back into that logistics zone like we were talking about in the in the second element. So it's really fun to think about, you know, with all the energy and all the smarts and all the love of each of you and your partnership, 
what do you want to create with that? What do you want to contribute to the world? You know, maybe it's art, maybe it's a family, maybe it's uh, you're on a mission, you're advocating for a population or, or a certain aspect of humanity. Maybe it's to travel around the world when all of this is done. Maybe it's to go live and do a cooking show every day, like a couple's cooking show um, to show people how to make some, some cool stuff in their kitchen. I mean, we've never been in a more creative time. I feel like people are just coming out of the woodwork to give their gifts. So what is the gift of your couple? You know, what, what would you like to gift the world with the energy and the love that you create? And that can infuse your lovemaking that can infuse your conversations that can infuse, um, the, the motivation to do your own work, your independent kind of, um, exploration, like the second uh, element that we talked about to keep the polarity. This is also, you know, the relationship purpose or the why is also where you begin to form the idea that we certainly believe of the relationship itself becomes a vehicle for growth and transformation, meaning, you know, just like we might go study some modality or healing type thing to help us grow, relationship itself can be that. And but it takes some intention to actually set that container for our relationship and really set the guidelines and ground rules and create that harmony for, hey, we're not just doing this to be comfortable. Mm -hmm. We want comfort, right? We want support and nourishment and we want to grow. So the, when we know the why of our relationship, it helps give us direction for um, how it's how the relationship itself can be a vehicle for our own evolution as individuals and as a couple. Yeah, I feel like we can use relationship to check out or we can use relationship to check in. You know, we can check out by just doing whatever we're doing kind of mindlessly. And it's like we're living with a roommate and just falling back into our own patterns, most likely our old patterns from our family of origin. Or we can use relationship as an opportunity to check in, like, how am I feeling? What am I wanting? What's um, something that would help us to grow? What's something that's on my heart or on my mind? What do we want to do uh, to give back to the world with this with this energy? And your triggers will come up in a relationship. I think it's that and probably having children and being an entrepreneur are the biggest like crucibles of, of testing you and opening you up and helping you work through your shit, basically. <laughs> And that's, you know, when you have the right container, when you have the right context for the relationship, the why, the purpose, that's actually something to, to um, look forward to, right? That this is actually going to help surface things between us that are going to help us become more whole as individuals and as a couple, which leads right into our kind of fifth element, which is shadow work. So for... A relationship to be passionate, purposeful, powerful, you have to be willing to do the shadow work. And what we mean by that is getting to know and dealing with in real time the things we carry with us from earlier in our lives, earlier in our relationship, from other relationships, our triggers, our wounds, our jealousies, our insecurities. These things will come out and impact how we're relating if they're not surfaced, if they're not dealt with, if they're not brought into the light, so to speak. And they'll probably come out more now in quarantine when we're spending so much time together than maybe they would before because we can diffuse that energy when we go to work or when we go to the gym or when we go meet a girlfriend for a drink. But now that we're with a partner, you know, 23-7... 
there's no place to diffuse that energy. So most likely it, it comes up and is coming up. I know things came up early in quarantine where old insecurities of mine from the past came up, old trust issues came up. And, you know, we can either use that to attack our partner or we can use that to be like, wow, I'm really struggling with something here. I really need some help on this. I really have to heal this part of myself because I don't want it to destroy our relationship. Um, the, the, uh, I, there's an idea that one of our teachers says that, you know, the feminine forgives, but never forgets. So I, I personally find that sometimes I'm punishing Jason for past partners or for other things in my life. So maybe we're punishing our partner unconsciously or holding resentments against them because there's still a raw spot there and we haven't been able to either heal it or get support with it or work with it in a way that's graceful where a partner can be part of the healing instead of someone that we're, you know, blaming for how we feel. And shadow work's also the, the part where we start to bring in outside influence, meaning to set up a relationship for deep long-term success, it actually helps to have some third parties involved, some third entities cross-checking our relationship, right? Pointing out what what we might not be seeing, be that the men's groups, women's groups, couples, therapists, coaches, support groups, other couples, that all gets involved right here in shadow work. And so these five elements together, the authentic communication, or really what we might think of the art of closeness, how do we, get, how do we become closer? How do we generate intimacy? Polarity, which is how we generate the electricity of a relationship, the, the sexual turn-on, the chemistry, the excitement, um, that's actually the art of the difference we celebrate between us. And then there's the actual sex. So how do we connect physically, um, consummating our relationship in terms of emotional intimacy and physical intimacy that actually brings our nervous systems together? And how do we keep that interesting and vital and important over time? It's something that's really easy to um, forget about. And then the fourth one is the relationship purpose or the why. So knowing what is the context for our relationship? Why are we even doing this? What is our relationship itself offering to the world? What's its gift? What's its purpose? And it takes some time. It takes getting to know yourselves as individuals to then come together and find, you know, what is it we can create that's greater than what either of us can create alone. And then finally, that fifth one is, again, shadow work. So it's actually the art and practice of taking ownership of our wounds and triggers and the things that we've been carrying with us um, into the moment of this relationship from either earlier in the relationship, other relationships, or from well before that in our family of origin, in our past. These are our wounds or our raw spots or our soft spots that easily get triggered and activated, uh, particularly when we're with partners in close proximity over time. So we wanted to open it up for a little bit of Q&A. If people had questions about partnership, about Jason and my partnership, about getting through this um, really unique time of opportunity to rebuild our partnerships, I really believe that the stay at home, the shelter in place is a chance to recode our partnership. What are your values? What is your purpose? How do you want to connect physically? How do you take space from one another but still have closeness? So I... Um, 
I just think it's an, it's an amazing like little vessel or vehicle that we have to really be more intentional with these parts of our lives and claim not just our relationship, but claim what's important to us, like moving our body or feeling sexy or um, having time to follow our passions and our, and our hobbies. So yeah, if there's any questions, um, please write them, write them in. Cause we'd love to see them. I have two that, uh, that have come from, uh, from other people I've connected with, but I want to see if there's any. So if anyone watching has any questions about partnership, how to survive this time with your partner without wanting to kill them, seeing them 24 hours a day, uh, type them in. And while we're waiting on those, I will cover one of the questions that comes through is like, how do I do this if I'm virtual with my partner? So if you're virtual with your partner, those five elements we shared still really hold true. You might not be able to do the third element, which is like physical, you know, sexual activity, unless you're seeing your partner, but you can still use technology. You can still create that container to really explore your intimacy. Um, other things are having structure. I'm not a huge structure person because I like to just do whatever I want, whatever feels good when it feels good. But Jason has helped me realize that having structure is really important. And so structure might look like a ritual, a connection ritual. When you come back into the house, if you're together and you went for a walk, like what do you do to reconnect? If you have been in separate rooms and one of you is watching the news and one of you is working, like how do you reconnect as a couple? And if you're virtual, it's the same thing. Maybe you have a connection ritual or you have a re reconnection ritual. You could talk about gratitudes or what your intentions are for the day. You could talk about what your fears are and what your hopes are. There's a lot of tools and practices that you can intentionally build your relationship. And in fact, when I met Jason on our I think maybe second or third date, he introduced me to some of these exercises, some of these tools and practices to deepen the intimacy as we were talking about with the first element with authentic relating. And it made a huge difference in our relationship to be able to do things like noticing or curiosity or really getting to know each other on a deeper level. So mm -hmm. Julie says, uh, I've been dating a guy for five months and he's pulled back all physical contact because he has asthma, but he seems to be happy with no kissing or sex. Now we just hang out forever in person and drink a lot. Thank you, Julie, for sharing that. So it sounds like the physical intimacy is off the table. It's a boundary he's setting for his own health reasons, which I understand can be really hard, um, but also is something that, that you're respecting. So then I'd be really curious, how can you get creative with the emotional intimacy how can you go deep emotionally and how can you use that emotional intimacy to build more connection along with the polarity the the second element we were talking about i know that you have women's group that you work with but does he have men's group does he have people he can connect with besides, besides his son who can um nourish him and replenish him and give him ideas and inspiration and a sense of himself so he doesn't feel like he has to just merge with you and then i would also be really curious about how you two can get creative even if there's no physical touch how can you turn each other on energetically or mentally or emotionally because sometimes turn on turn on is the physical contact but sometimes turn on is fantasy or is desire or is expressing how badly you want the other person or is um telling them what you would like to do if you could and that goes for virtual couples too like how can you heighten that sense of arousal and bring that eroticism to the relationship, even if there's no physical contact. 
Hi, Ruby says Dr. George. Hi, Dr. George. Yeah, Julie, I totally understand you're angry about it. And I think that's a great opportunity to do some of that shadow work, the element five and, and express your resentment with an open heart. You know, it's one thing to express our anger and throw the grenade like I used to do and I still sometimes do. And it's another thing to just be with the anger and express it, but without cutting down our partner or destroying our partner. And I would bet if he felt your anger from an open and loving heart, he would want to protect you from from the hurt that that's causing. He wouldn't want to be causing that hurt for you. It sounds like he's drawing a boundary and you're respecting it, but maybe he doesn't feel the impact of that or you don't feel him present with you to help help solve the challenge. So I would think it's important to engage and enlist his loving care to to want to be in this situation with you in a way that really nourishes both of you. Do you want to add something about that? like no physical contact thing? Um, just, you know, it's it's one of our five elements for a reason. It's important. It's actually not like a, um, hey, this would be nice to have thing, but long-term for sustainability, you know, it's an actual important need in relationship. So being able to have these conversations and presence, you know, what we need and what we want and what the impact is on us when we're not getting it is really, really important. So I actually think it's great that you're so aware of it and that you feel some fire around it because it seems like it's something really important to you and important to any relationship really. And that, um, you know, hopefully with the right transmission from you, something that he'll get, get, even if he can't change his behavior right now, um, something that you might wake him up to like, Hey, this is really having an impact and it hurts. Mm-hmm. Thank you for voicing that. Other um, other questions? I know some of you are just joining. I want to do like a tiny recap. We, um, we were talking about these five elements for creating a really passionate and purposeful partnership during this time, whether you're virtual or not, um, and then beyond after this time. And I'll just recap them quickly. The first one was authentic communicating, where you really own your experience and stay curious. And this creates emotional intimacy and similarity and closeness. And then the second element was polarity creating difference, purposely creating difference in your relationship so that you don't just merge and lose all of that sense of chemistry and connection. And then the third one was intimacy, primarily physical intimacy and touch and, and having that erotic, erotic uh, part of your relationship. So it doesn't feel like you're just dating your roommate. And then the fourth element is purpose. What is the purpose of your relationship? How are you going to give back to the world for the energy that you're creating instead of using relationship to destroy each other and destroy that energy, use it to harness and amplify that energy and touch the lives of everyone you meet and beyond. And then the fifth, the fifth element is, um, (laughs) shadow work. I just lost my train of thought is dealing with our shadows in a way that's authentic and vulnerable and, uh, responsible, but in a way where we can heal with partnership. Our partner is a great way to heal when we can connect in a way that's really constructive. Um, Betsy says, what do you do if your partner does not listen well? So actually I'm going to ask, I'm going to let Jason answer that. Um, I think that's where some of the tools we talk about in, in terms of authentic communication become important. So I, you know, I can particularly speak, speak from the masculine Diaper side. change. And oftentimes... <laughs> We don't know. We don't know how to listen, right? It's not not something that's necessarily taught to us or that comes to us um, intrinsically. 
So it actually takes practice. We actually have to practice communicating. And good communication is the art of both expression and receiving or listening or hearing. And so, you know, creating containers or circumstances or finding practices that actually allow you with your partner to really improve that art. You know, it's an art. It's a skill. It's something we have to develop over time that doesn't necessarily just immediately happen, particularly for us guys, right? Learning to slow down and actually hear and feel what's going on and then reflect it to you in a way that you know we were actually listening and actually heard you. So yeah, if your partner struggles, um, struggles, if you feel like you have a hard time uh, being met by your partner, being heard by your partner, that he's not listening to you, you know, I would actually say it's going to take some practice. It's going to take some, hey, here's something that's important to me. I want, I want our communication to be robust and thriving and where we both feel um, heard and understood by each other. So, you know, maybe here's some practices or some things we could do or some things Violet and Jason suggested. Like, are you up for that? Um, hopefully he is because he probably really likes you. <laughs> And one of the things that we had a little um, connection happy hour on Friday night. I don't know if some of you check that out or not, but um, one of the one of the questions that we posed to the group was what I'm really getting about you is. So when we're listening to someone, sometimes we're thinking, oh, what am I going to say in response? And we're preparing a, an, an answer. But by the time that the time comes to share that answer to what they're sharing, that's in the past. And so what if instead of going on to our own thing, we said, oh, hearing you say that, what I'm really getting about you is how much you love people. Man, that really, it is really hard to be on quarantine, but I'm really getting that you love people, that you're an extrovert and that you really care about connecting with others. Someone really feels seen when, when we share in that way. Absolutely. We'll be able to give you a deeper transmission of these five elements and you know, kind of what it takes to create them and implement them in a relationship and why they are really what we think is the foundation for something that'll last a lifetime and, um, and still remain sparkly and fun and interesting the whole time. Yay. So to do that, you can, you can sign up for that for free at violetlang.com slash couples. And we'll put the link in the notes too. Yeah. Yeah. You know, just ask for your, um, uh, your name and email and then you'll get the link to be able to join us in that so definitely come check it out if you know any other couples that are interested as well certainly send them our way and you don't have to be um quarantining together you know you could be dating someone or or in partnership but because of the circumstances you're just doing it virtually so it's violetlang.com forward slash couples and we're going to go much deeper into each of these five elements we love you thank you for connecting we really believe that relationships will change the world when they're in a place that gives back and radiates love and that is actually the purpose of our relationship speaking of relationship purposes we decided about three months into dating that the purpose of our love was going to be to radiate more love to to increase the amount of love in the world through our love whether it's by example or whether it's by you know things like tonight so let's all radiate more love bye <laughs> bye bye thanks for tuning in and turning on for healthy love because better relationships mean more power more creativity and a better planet I'm here to end the suffering of abuse and loneliness, and it starts with you. 
please subscribe to my show and leave a review.